Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Crossan, and I'm here to help you build a brand, make an impact, and have some fun on social media. I'm the owner of Fun Love Media, a social media management and content creation agency in Houston, Texas. I'm a wife, a mom of two, and when I'm not working or with my family, you can find me on my Peloton bike or tread, dancing on social media, or cuddle up with wine watching reality television. Please know that this show could include some grown-up language here or there. Let's get started. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, episode 79. I am your hostess, Brittany Crossan. What is up? If you've been here before, thank you for coming back. I love you. (laughs) If you've never been here before, welcome to the party where we um, are always talking about something cool um, about social media, entrepreneurship, and beyond. I'm stoked about this episode because my new Instagram bestie, Brett Shuford, is my guest. I'm going to talk to Brett here in just a few minutes. He's a Broadway actor for years. He's been on lots of productions. He had some really cool and interesting and impactful things to say about Broadway, which of course made me excited to talk about because if you know me, you know I love the theater. I uh, I was a theater actor here in Texas for years. I love, you know, I love a musical. I'm ready to break out into song at any moment. We can do a tap dance. Like I can, let's do it all. I'm all about it. So uh, getting to talk to Brett about Broadway was great, but we also talked about social media. Um, He deals a lot with social media and content for social media in his business. And um, it was really cool. It was really good conversation. Plus, he's a really sweet guy. And I'm really, really excited for you to get to know him. Uh, That's going to be awesome. So before that, though, let's talk about a couple of things. First things first is a little housekeeping. Please rate and review the show. Um, If you listen on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever the hell you want to call it, uh, please a five-star rating. We have all five-star ratings so far, okay? So knock on wood. So (laughs) please head over there. Leave us a five-star rating and a little review, a little written review, you know, like a sentence or two. I don't know. I don't... I don't even think it'll take you 60 seconds. I think it's a pretty quick process. So if you would do that, it would help the show so, so much. If you listen to the show on a platform that doesn't really have that kind of rating and review system, that's totally cool. You can just go and give us a review on Facebook. Just search on Facebook, Social Sunshine Podcast. Follow the show. Leave a review on Facebook. That would be amazing. And a really cool thing you could do if you really want to get jazzy is you can share about the show in your Instagram stories. So right now, excuse me, right now while you're listening – and you, you know, look at your screen on your phone and you can see like my face and I'm smiling and the logo and all that stuff. Take a screenshot and share that screenshot in your Instagram stories and then tag the show and tag me. So the show is at the social sunshine podcast and I am at Brittany Crossan and we will reshare your story, share and be ever so grateful for you doing that. I'm really looking forward to the day whenever I can say we did it together. We went from thousands of listeners to millions. I just know it's coming. Thank you so much for being on this journey with me. I hope you're loving, loving the show and always, always DM the show. If you have any requests or suggestions on Instagram or even message us on uh, Facebook and, uh, Send us your requests. Like if you have guest requests or topic requests that have to do with social media or entrepreneurship, we're all about giving you what you want. What you, what you want. <laughs> okay. So um, next up on my agenda, my agenda. Ho, ho, ho. It sounds so evil to say that. Maybe I shouldn't say agenda. <laughs> I, uh, before we get talking to Brett here in a sec, I, 
I want to offer, per usual, some encouragement, um, but I have a strong opinion about something I thought I would go ahead and share with you, lovely um, friend of mine, because I think that this is actually going to be helpful because we don't hear a whole lot of this lately. So here's what I'm talking about. Okay. So as a business owner who created her business, I just spoke in third person, didn't I? Uh, from scratch, I started. I started my business, Fun Love Media, from from nothing. Just started it on my own. Right, that's it. <laughs> it's a service based business, so I didn't have to buy a whole lot of things. A computer, you know, that's about it. And I started from scratch, and I have built it up over the past few years to be um, my family's main source of income right now. Um, I. I've taken over as the breadwinner after my husband Ryan lost his job in 2020, um, hustled my booty off to, you know, get more clients and to do more work and to do great things, added on the podcast, of course, whenever I started that a year and a half ago, and then um, and then uh, my membership and, and all the things, right? So I've worked hard, right? But here's the thing, and, and I know a lot of you have too, and this is why I'm talking about this. It seems that the trend right now, and for a little while on social, has been to encourage people to rest more, like more uh, self care. Right? Is that what it's called? Self care. <laughs> like, is, what is it? What is it? I don't even know what it is. Uh, no, I do. I do. My self care involves reality television and wine. That's pretty much it. Um, but here, you know, you you see these posts on Instagram, like. Um, you know, you don't have to be hustling all the time. Um, you, you know, you can just take it easy. I know people like want to talk about how easy their work is. Like it's very easy. Um, you know, I, I really barely did anything and I made $22,000 this month. You really don't have to work that hard. Seriously. Um, and people saying just take, you know, have self care, you know, take an hour in the morning to journal and then take 20 minutes to meditate. And then, you know, and I'm like, holy shit, how do you, first of all, I don't have time to, what? <laughs> I, uh, who, uh, see, I'm speechless. <laughs> Here's what I want to know. Look, you know me, I, I'm a nice gal. And of course you do what works for you. You do you, boo. But I do wonder, how does one that is, busy running a business, like a full-on business, especially if it's a full-time business. And then of course, having a household, having children, all the things like, you know, like my life, right? And then working out five days a week, having dinner with your family every night, blah, blah, blah. How in the hell does anybody also have time to journal, to like write in a gratitude journal, to meditate, and then like maybe go to the spa every week and get their massage or like whatever the self-care is. I just don't understand this. And also, I don't understand the easy mentality. Like, look, it doesn't mean – this is a play on – it's kind of tricky wording, right? When somebody says, business can be easy. You can make all this money. It can be so easy. Okay. Should, should it be super difficult and like miserable? Well, no. I <laughs> – of course not. If you feel really miserable and like you're just going to fall apart from exhaustion, then that's a problem. But straight up truth, if you are pretty tired and 
you have your own little small business that you've started, or maybe it's big by now, that you started yourself and you're doing tons of the work yourself, if not all of it. And and if you're working more than five times, five days a week, and you're having to work sometime at nighttime and you're tired and you got a lot of shit going on, uh, that's fucking normal. Okay. I just a newsflash. That's normal. And as long as you're happy and you're thriving in that and you're enjoying the, the fruits of your labor and you are, you are, um, really feeling good about your contribution, right. To your business and what it's doing for your family. And you're knowing that this is this phase that you have to be in this, this really work hard phase of life and da, 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 da and you feel great about it, then keep it up, baby. Don't let somebody tell you that you're working too hard. Don't let somebody tell you, oh, hustle, hustle, huh? No, hustle. Do it. Work hard. Manage your time wisely. Figure out a way. Figure out a way to have dinner with your kids and then also do an extra hour of work after they go to bed. Or, or you know, if you're working uh, some on a Saturday while your kids are playing video games for a couple hours in the other room, more power to you. Do it. You got to work your butt off, work your butt off, right? So I, I just I just want to – and it's probably a little bit of the old school in me because, you know, as you probably know about me, I, I grew up in the family business. I started working in my dad's business whenever I was 16, and it's still actually a part of my life. I still help, you know, with little bits of stuff in his business here and there. And I just grew up with that mentality of like – that he had because he built his business from from scratch by himself. And I watched that my entire life. He started it whenever I was two. And he, I mean, nobody's perfect. I'm sure he had times where he spent way too much time at work and and maybe should have chilled out a bit, right? But I mean, um, overall, I got a realistic perspective of what it actually takes to sustain a business. And now he's been in business for, well, it's 30, almost 38 years because I was two. Yeah, I was two when it started. I'm 40. So, so you know, I think I just have more of a realistic perspective of, of the effort that it takes. And, and, and I saw this kind of old school business mentality. And while, yes, technology helps me the ways that maybe it didn't help my dad because it didn't exist in certain ways back in the day, right? So there are things that can make be made much easier in my business. Um, there are things that can be automated and all kinds of cool stuff. And of course, social media, you know, I'm obsessed so sure, there are some things that are easier and better technology these days, but the bottom line is that if you are working hard and you want to work hard, don't let anybody on social media that's trying to tell you that you should be journaling and breathing and meditating and 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 getting massages and taking time for yourself and going on long walks and da, 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 every single damn day, don't let that bring you down. If you want to be a hard worker, be a hard worker. I just feel like the like traditional business owner hustle mentality thing isn't really represented very well at this moment on social media or maybe I'm just not following the right people. If you if you jive with this, let me know. Like DM me on Instagram so I can follow you. <laughs> because the bottom line is that it really does take um, a lot of work and effort to build a business to be super duper successful. And if you don't want it to be super duper successful, then that's fine. That's your business. But I want my business to be incredibly successful, make millions and millions of dollars and help multiple families live really great lives. That's the whole, that's the whole freaking point, right? Is for my family and for other families that benefit from my business to be able to live really great lives so then we can all go out into the world and do great things. And to me, when I think about how hard I'm working on my business, I'm like, yes, that's what I'm doing it for. 
we are doing good things in the world because I'm over here willing to work hard and work extra and work on the weekends. And no, I didn't spend two hours of self-care today. I didn't. Except for maybe the hour and a half that I watched reality TV right before I went to sleep. Does that count? Okay. (laughs) Then yes, I did my self-care. Thank you very much. I heard something... um, I heard something really cool uh, and and really smart on uh, Andy Frazella's um, podcast recently. I was listening and Ed Milet, his business partner and friend, was um, a featured guest on this episode. It was um, – oh, I forget what – it's like it's a March 2021 episode. Um, anyway, I forget, you go look. You can find when Ed was, when Ed was on the show. But what, what Ed said was there was lots of good information in this, in this show, but – he said that it's so funny because so many people talk about, um, you know, all these millionaires have like multiple streams of income, right? And a lot of times, bottom line, the person posting about that on social all the time is like somebody that probably wants you to join their side business because then that's an extra stream of income. And so they're going to spread that kind of message, but you know, it's fine. It's fine. I have a side business. It's cool. But here's the deal. Ed was like, people didn't become millionaires with multiple streams of income. They became millionaires with their one thing that they did really good for a good while and worked really hard at. Then after they started making the great money, then they added other streams of income, right? So it's just a lesson in we hear these things and we see these quotes on social media. It's not always what it seems. You know, these people that you see like Ed Milet and other people that um, obviously have done really incredible things with their businesses and their finances in their life, um, they really worked really freaking hard and really focused. And we didn't see all of that. We can't see all of that on Instagram. And they did really impressive things. And this has probably been years and years in the making. And they've been working their butts off. So it's not all just lavish lifestyle and chilling and all these things. And I respect the fact that he said that so that people can understand that it's really about, you know, getting to that point of that financial success in your business is really about focusing on what you're doing, what's working, what you're making money at, and go out there and be a badass at that and do big shit with that. And then, you know, once you get into a groove and you got your millions, all right, add some other projects to your plate, right? Anyway, I just really want to offer those words of encouragement for people out there that are hustling, you know, for the hustlers out there and and you're worried, oh my God, I'm not, I'm not giving myself enough self-care. Holy shit. You know, um, you know, Sally said I needed to journal, breathe, meditate, um, take a cold um, shower, like really ice cold, um, and then work out for an hour and a half and um, have a certain that certain tea that she tells us. Yeah, we have to drink that as well. And you should really probably do that outdoors to be like one with nature. And after, you know, 47 hours later, after all that shit's done, then maybe you can finally start working. No, <laughs> if that's not the way you groove, I totally get you. I'm the same way. Um, it's like, you know, take care of stuff. But you know what? When it's time to get down to business, we are going to work. We're going to work hard and we're going to make cool shit happen. All right, you guys, I'm going to shut my mouth because I want to get to my awesome buddy, Brett Shuford, coming up next. (laughs) 
Today's guest is an openly LGBTQ working actor and Broadway life coach. He has performed, produced, choreographed, and directed dozens of Broadway regional and national tours, viral videos, and television film productions from Wicked to Wolf of Wall Street. As a certified life coach, he has helped creatives all over the world move from imposter to influencer with a creative marketing map. He is also one half of the lifestyle blog and podcast, Broadway Husbands, and the founder of Broadway Life Apparel. And a fun fact, this is so funny. He has a twin brother named Bart. They were named after the Maverick Brothers from the TV show that was made into a movie starring Mel Gibson. And that movie opened in theaters on their birthday, May 20th. That's so funny. <laughs> Welcome to the Social Sunshine Podcast, Brett Schuford. Hi, Brittany. Hi. I think I told you this the other day when we were in Clubhouse that my college nickname was Brittany. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you did tell me that, Brittany. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. It just, our relationship just gets better and better. Um, so, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm great. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you. I appreciate your time. Um, I just listened to you and your husband earlier this morning to get me like pumped up to your podcast, uh, Broadway Husbands, to get me all revved up for this. And it was the episode you were talking about running because I'm also a runner. So I, I knew I would like understand your feelings and all the things. And I loved it so much. So if oh, you're thanks. a runner out there, go listen to that episode of Broadway Husbands running through thanks. Disney. Oh my God. The best. Have you not done a Disney run? No. Oh, you have to once it's so fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. Like you're actually literally running through the park. So you, yeah. I like how you were like, well, there's like distractions and it makes it fun. So you're not like super obsessed with if your legs feel like crap. <laughs> yeah, totally. Totally. Okay. I mean, you know, mile 21, it's like there's Goofy and you're like, okay, I can, I can keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Do it for Goofy. Um, okay. That's so funny. Well, okay. So I would love to first just let you explain to everyone what you do. I mean, obviously your history um, on Broadway and then also like, this whole coaching thing you're doing. Tell us all about it. Yeah. Oh, sure. So, I mean, I, of course, grew up in Texas, but had childhood dreams of being on Broadway. And that was all I wanted to do. I mean, I knew when I was six, um, that was what I wanted to do. So I spent my whole childhood just obsessed, total drama nerd, choir nerd, dance competitions, trained my whole childhood to get to New York and I moved to New York, graduated college there. And my first Broadway show was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And then Aww. I debuted in the Beast. I debuted in the Beast. I did Little Mermaid. I was in the original cast of Little Mermaid on Broadway. And then I've gone on to do some other more obscure shows that I originated like Amazing Grace and Paramore, which was a Cirque du Soleil show. And then I joined the Broadway cast of Wicked literally four months before the pandemic hit. So it was sort of this, like, it's been an interesting journey um, for me as a performer, because as I've aged and gotten into a, a different part of my life and priorities have shifted, that schedule was tough. Um, you know, your physical body, your mental body, you know, just all of it is just can be super taxing. And then New York City is so expensive. So you know, you really have to want it and you really have to be driven and you have to have a real vision of what your life can be. And I think that's something that I learned that I didn't that I didn't have early on. I just knew I wanted to be on Broadway. I didn't have a vision of what that meant until I was there and I was doing it. And I was like, 
backstage doing The Little Mermaid. I was dressed as a stingray. And I was standing next to a guy who was dressed as a blowfish. <laughs> and uh, I, it was like his 18th Broadway show. It was my third. And, um, and I said to him, did you really think this is where your career would be? I was having a day, you know, it was like a Saturday matinee. I didn't want to really be there. It was just, uh. it was six, maybe six months into the run. We're about to go out for Under the Sea. And I said, is this where you think your career would be? And he said, this isn't a career, it's a job. And it hit me pretty hard at that moment, like, oh, right. Like if I wanted just to have a job, I could work at Starbucks. I love coffee, but why, why am I here? And if I'm gonna do this, I wanna be intentional about it. And if I'm gonna do this, if I'm choosing to be here, um, you know, then, then I want to have, I want to know why. And so I started really getting into personal development and trying to understand my why and really exa examining the deeper reasons of that career path and the drive to, to that and the thing that drove me to get there. And um, through that work, and, and I've also been sober for many years. I didn't get, I got sober before I booked my first Broadway show. And so the, all of that internal work and personal development work led to me wanting to become a coach and help professionals in the theater industry move away from that part of us that goes into theater as a child to be seen, to be valued, and get into a place where we're intentional about building a business and making money and sustainably being creative and building a life that we feel good about and putting fulfillment first. Because I think what I ex examined a lot was performers thinking they're going to get the Broadway show and then feel fulfilled. And it was the opposite that I learned was true. When you are fulfilled, the Broadway show would come. When you are fulfilled, you'll, you'll enjoy it so much more. And so I got certified and I've been doing that since 2010. And, um, and it's evolved, you know, during the pandemic, so many people were needing to learn how to build a business and a lot of theater people don't understand digital space and social media and there's you know they just want to show up at an audition book a job and be on stage and right. when the shutdown happened there that was not an option so people were really coming to me wanting more branding social media how do i build a following how do i create content and so now i i have sort of you know pivoted a little bit it's still it's not totally away from performing artists but I have composers and I have producers and directors and casting directors all coming to me wanting guidance. So now I say I help creatives build the confidence they need to share their work with the world. And that's where the imposter to influencer map came to be. I, I could sit here and listen to you talk about all this all day long. <laughs> I'm like very selfish in this moment. I'm like, yes, please give me all this information. Um, I, I'm so obsessed with all this. Okay. First of all, as you know, I am a performer and I never, I, ne I have a different, I have this interesting different perspective on all of it because I never moved to New York or LA or whatever. And <clears throat> I never did that. And I started having children and doing this other thing and just like kind of leaving that behind and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know how you said, you know, you had this moment of realization and you started realizing you need to be fulfilled first and all this stuff. It's so true, even from a different angle, you know? So I spent so many years thinking, 
oh, what a bummer. Life isn't happening as I planned because, and everybody, I did air quotes, plan, because um, <laughs> that's what always happens, exactly what we plan. <laughs> ever since childhood, just like you, just like you, like ever since I was a kid, it was, that was it. But for me, it was like, I was going to be on a TV sitcom. Cause I'm like full house obsessed. So that was the thing. Kids incorporated. Um, oh, come on. I mean, I'm aging myself a little here, but you're with me. We got this. So, yes. but, but it's, it's so true what you say, like, and this can apply to anybody's journey, but in our case, we just happen to be creative people and performers. But I thought, because I'd only, I'd just done this stuff. I'd only done things in Texas. I hadn't gone for this thing that like, it was the end of the world. And when I think it's like, sometimes, unfortunately, it's just time, right? And like life just happens. And I had just a few years ago, I started having all these like different feelings. Like, wait a minute, what are you doing? Are you going to cry about the fact that you didn't move here and do this and do that? Or are you going to like, do some cool shit with what you got going on. Right. And that's where social media comes into play. And it's kind of like what you're saying, all these other people, that's why I connect so much with what you do now also is because all these creative people are coming to you for help to, to put their work out there on social media. And that's exactly what I try, you know, started doing, realizing I could. And it's so funny how we don't always realize, I guess it just takes experiences, you know, right. To go through them, but you really can use social media for such a beautiful thing. It gets a lot of hate. <laughs> I know there's a lot, you know, it gets a bad rap, but you really can use it to just do amazing things. And if you, I think if you look at it that way as an opportunity, then the whole thing is so much better. I think that's right? the challenge. I mean, that's the challenge I have with my community, the theater community, the Broadway community is there is such a judgment around it, especially because people didn't understand it when it first came out and, you know, 10, whatever years ago when Instagram, I guess, it's 11 years ago when Instagram really kind of took off. Right. I was obsessed. I was like making posts on Instagram all the time. And people were like, ugh, self-promotion. I'm like, I don't see it as self-promotion. I, I always saw it as sharing. I always thought of it as like this creative extension of myself. You know, I never saw it as like selling right. or pushing anything. And that's been sort of to my detriment as a business person because I never wanted to sell. I just wanted to people to like see and like be like, yes, I love attraction rather than promotion. But um, at the same time, it's also, I think what's built me a pretty trustworthy, trusting audience yeah. because it was never about selling. And I think that's the thing I'm learning and seeing this other side of social media as I'm coaching more into that world yeah. is there's a lot of people coaching growth hacks, fast growth, how to get more followers, how to get more engagement really fast. And it's like, right. yeah, that's great, but you're not actually connecting. And like, to me, I'd rather have a really small concentrated audience that just loves everything I do than try to like just massively create a bunch of stuff that doesn't connect, but makes people like feel impressed. I don't know. I, <laughs> right. I, it's been an interesting, journey over the last year really putting more energy into that i don't know if you have anything you know in your experience because you you do this you help so many businesses i'm i've been helping so many personal and i know you coach right. personal brands too right but you also help a lot of people who have businesses that have products and things yeah. outside of like just themselves as a performer right you know right well there is that? a difference between the two like it's funny that the, those kinds of businesses that are my clients that are not 
that are not personal brands and I'm just over here behind the scenes helping them. Um, they look at it totally differently than somebody who is, I'm, you know, the face of their brand and showing up. You're right. Like it, it feels weird sometimes, especially at first to, to actually self-promote, which by the way, PS you should, but, (laughs) but as a creative person, I think it's, you're, you're wanting, you're like, you want that deeper thing. Like what you're saying, you want that connection naturally probably. And so you're like, I'm going to put this out into the world. And I just want it to like change somebody's day. And I want, like, I have all these hopes and dreams for every piece of content and, and it's fine. I think that that's cool because I just think that that means you end up maybe getting that growth just a little slower because you are approaching it that way. But I think it's, I think it's wonderful. I'm into it. Um, Thanks. Uh, okay, let's let's dive into some chat. What we decided to talk about today was vulnerability on social media, and it's a scary topic for so many, and it's it's an interesting topic and can be approached in different ways, right? Because I think sometimes people hear that and they hear you should be more vulnerable on social media. They think that you mean like tell everybody how many times you pooped. Like you don't have to tell everybody all your business. It's not about that. It's also, you can choose, right? Like, so I have intentionally chosen certain aspects of my life to share. I, I've shared about my own mental health struggles, about anxiety and, and panic and all these things, which is very scary, but I chose to, and I wanted to. So talk, talk to me about that. Like, how do you feel about people being vulnerable on social media? Have you started being more vulnerable on social media? <laughs> yeah, I think that it's the especially for personal brands of course but i also think that some people who aren't necessarily who have a business that isn't necessarily themselves are afraid to show themselves because it feels vulnerable and i think it's the missing key for your business because no matter what you do you're you know if you're a successful business you're in a niche you're in a market that is popular because that's if, if they're you know, supply and demand you want to make sure there's demand for the thing that you supply and many people can get bogged down by this idea of being original i got to be original like even making reels i always have to be original i gotta make something new it's like no you don't have to be original because you are unique and what makes you unique is you and so if you're not sharing yourself you're missing out on what makes you different from that other person, from that other brand, from that other business. And I think that there's a difference between personal and private. Yeah. And knowing what your private, like, and for different people, that's different things, right? Some people just don't show their kids' faces. Like, they don't, you know, like, those are things that you choose. You can choose what is none, no one's business. Yep. But... I think that some people don't know the difference between something that feels totally private and then the fear of sharing something that can actually help someone, that can actually connect your audience. And I think that's really where it comes down to. I've learned over the years is, you know, if it's, it's very easy for an actor, I'll just say this from my own experience, to want to just tell a story about the drama of their life and, um, and or whatever terrible things are happening or political stance or whatever, so, you know, stand up for social rights, but they're not, but it, it, it can't be about you. It has to be about your audience. And what do they learn from that story? 
it's okay to share it if you know that your audience is going to benefit from it. But I think sometimes people share it because it makes them feel good or it makes them feel like they've released something. Um, And I think that getting really clear about your audience is the way to start to get clear about where you can be vulnerable. Yeah. You mean like explain to somebody, explain to everybody what you mean by that being clear about your audience, like who they, like who they are, what they need. Yeah. And I think there's a difference in my experience, I think, and you might have a totally different viewpoint in this, but for me, I think sometimes there's a difference between your audience and your customer. Yeah. Right. So who your customer is could be part of your audience, but I mean, when you're creating things on social media and you're wanting to share something, you should be thinking of one person. What I've learned with many actors is they're, you know, they go to make a piece of content and they're thinking about a casting director seeing it, they're thinking about their mom seeing it, they're thinking about some other (laughs) cast member seeing it, right? And so then what happens is when they're thinking about 100 people, they just get paralyzed and they don't make anything. And that's that those people are your audience, right? right? Your audience is, I always say, like a version of you five years ago. (laughs) It's like this person, yes, right? It's like, And it could be male, female, whatever, but it's like a version of you, somebody who needs what you have to offer, the things that you've learned, the things that that you've created in your life, um, those can help that person. And if you don't make something today, that person isn't getting the message they need to get through today. And so I think it's super important to get clear about who your audience is so that you know what they need. You just helped me figure out who my updated person is. I mean, I'm not going to call, I'm not going to call her out, but, but she's awesome. And and she's great. But yes, I love that. That's a really good guide because I, sometimes you have to break things down like that. Cause not everybody understands that. What, what do you mean? Envision one person who the hell am I talking? What do you, you know? And that's a great idea. If you want to go with some version of you five years ago, like what you would have wanted, what you would have needed um, five years ago is perfect, perfect. And And what I do too with clients is like, what we do in acting class is I give them a, create a character, an ideal character audience person that you give them a name and an age and where they live. Because the more specific you are when you're acting, the more specific you are about who that person is, the more believable it's going to be. So the more specific you are about who you're speaking to, the easier it's going to be to make a story post or to make a reel or to write a blog if you're writing it for that person instead of everybody. Right. Oh, oh my God. I'm so excited. I have a new person. Yay. Okay. Um, <laughs> well, what about, do you have any personal experience on, on this, like on being vulnerable on social media um, yourself, like anything scary you've been through or you felt? Well, sure. I mean, I, for, an, I mean, a huge one for me was, I think I spent most of my early twenties afraid to to be publicly gay, even though every single person in my life knew I was gay, right? Right. My mom, my brothers, like, but for some reason as an actor, I thought, wow, if I can't share that as an actor because I want people to, I want to be versatile and I want people to see me as um, this, you know, straight or see me as however they want to see me. And it was just so boring and so like not, real and original, you know, because 
it just felt like it was a disconnect and it would stop, it would block me, right? Um, and then when I finally just started like not caring and just because I didn't wanna, honestly, I was thinking if I was 17 years old, closeted back in Texas, and I saw someone like me being open and proud of who they were, I would feel okay with myself. And I, I would have needed that. And so through that, you know, Broadway Husbands was born, which was me and Steven's, you know, content on Instagram and now our, our podcast, it sort of evolved. And that's really how it was born was like, I didn't have an example of a gay couple living a healthy life, making a living in the arts. I didn't know that that it could exist. And here we are as a couple doing that. We should just put that out and it, it evolved, right? So that was a vulnerable thing that turned into something that I'm so grateful for because it's another revenue stream. It's another source of income and, and, um, and something that Steven and I get to do together. So you never know where being vulnerable and sharing who you are can take you if you're willing to just push yourself a little bit past your comfort zone. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and I, speaking of Broadway husbands, I was actually saying to my husband this morning, cause I was telling him who I was going to be talking to this morning. And, um, cause you know how it is with your social media friends and your spouse, you're like, I'll be like, you know, Brett from Broadway, like I have to have a thing. So it reminds Ryan of who I'm talking about. And I was telling him, I was like, and, and they have the thing Broadway husbands. I was like, it's just so genius. Like it's, it's so simple yet. So smart. And I'm so happy that y'all did it. Cause I bet you there's a whole lot of people now that are like, dang it, <laughs> they took it. They've got it. I want, you know, but no, I, I, I'm, I love that. I'm glad you shared that. And actually you were, you referencing like 17 year old closeted you or whomever, someone else or whatever, like doing that and helping that's, that's another thing, like you were saying earlier, like five years ago, you 10 years ago, you like whoever you're, you're helping. Um, mm -hmm. It's awesome. It's scary though. <laughs> so it is scary. Being vulnerable is scary. And I think that that's the reason it, the reason it's scary is the reason you need to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's nice that you clarified the difference too, between, you know, personal and, and private because private is a thing. And, um, even for me, believe it or not, people have been following me a long time. They know a lot of things about me, but you know, there's a few things I, I, I would, I would show like to give anyone out there wondering an example for me would definitely be something with my kids. Like if there's something going on with them, that's like, maybe it would embarrass them. <laughs> Obviously that's going to be private. Um, I, I joked about sharing how much you poop earlier, but I, some people might want to talk about that. I do not. Okay. So <laughs> It's just, there are some things that are, that are private, but, um, for people, I feel like, and I feel like you probably agree. Like if you, you know, the difference, like when you really think about it, you can, you'll be able to figure out the difference between, do you really want to share that? Or do you truly not want to talk about that? It's, and you can feel it. And I, and I would feel it about like panic attacks and all the things that I was going through. And I would feel it like, God dang it. I want to talk about this. Like, Oh no, but I'm scared. And then I would step back, you know, and they're like, Oh, let's do it. Oh no, no. You know, it's this little dance that goes on forever. And you feel that desire though. So I think if you want to, you're going to eventually, you're just going to know that you want to share about that to help someone else. But it is, I mean, it's, it is about helping others, but it honestly, in a business sense, right. It helps. I feel like it helps the business, you know, build it Listen. up, right. You have a trusting relationship. 
I mean, listen, being a little controversial is not a bad thing. No. I mean, you're, you know, the Proud Boys are certainly not afraid to say what they believe, right? So why are we so afraid? Like when we're like not, I'm not an extremist. Like I just, you know, so why am I so afraid to stand up and say what I believe? Right. You know, if it's what I truly believe, because right. more than anything, instead of thinking about what you're going to lose, think about what you're going to gain yes. by creating that space for people who believe what you believe you show people who you truly are they're going to be much more drawn to come to you yeah you know like we listen broadway husbands there are a lot of homophobic people out there there are a lot of people who you know who don't like what we stand for even though we try to be very you know family friendly and i mean that is a huge part of what we want to just create joy and normalize lgbtq marriage people there are people out there who don't want that to be normalized and they show up in the comments people are going to show up right and you want we always look at it like we high five each other great we're doing something right right, right. if it's if if it's casting a wide net because we're putting something out there that people like and then that gets the attention of someone that doesn't like it then that means we're doing something right, right. and so i say to actors a lot of times your job is not to be liked your job is to become known. Yes. Oh, yes. And that's so hard, right? I know. I mean, I will be the first to admit, I want people to like me, but it's, you learn how to use that appropriately. I think over time, right? It's not just, I want you to like me, but in my heart, I genuinely do care. People say, I don't care if anybody like me or not. And I'm like, I, I do care. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I don't want you to hate me, but I do think that over time and maturity and just learning through experiences, you, you do realize how to use that in the right way, you know? So, you know, I want people to like me because I'm just a caring person. And I, you know, my heart cares, but you've got to draw the line and you can't let that, that be your only driving force. Right. Cause then you're all, it's going to be a mess. But at the same time, like, I don't like everyone. There are people I don't like that I, you know, and it's not because I think they're bad people. That's like, they're just not my taste. Right. (laughs) And so that's okay. Like there are people I'm like, I respect you, but you're not my thing. Right. Right. And that's okay. And I'm, I, I don't want to be everybody's thing. I want the, I want to be certain people's thing. And those people I want to be like my people. Yeah. And I think that's so hard for so many actors and creatives because they, there's a scarcity mindset that if not everybody likes me, I'm not going to get as much opportunity. And I have learned the opposite to be true because when you find your people, they will use you again and again and again and again, they will hire you over and over again because they they trust you and there's loyalty and right. I I loyalty is a huge like core value for me right I'm a Taurus it's like part of my being so <laughs> I need like I want I want to feel safe with the people I'm with and I feel the same way on social media it's like you I want you to feel safe and if if this is you know I may not be your thing and that's okay Right, right, right. Yeah, it's a, it's, it, it can be a hard lesson to learn, but that is actually what helped me learn the opposite side. So like learning that like there are people that aren't my thing, but it doesn't mean that I have any sort of hatred toward them or I'm like right. mad at them, but you know, like they're not my thing. Like you're saying, some people just aren't. And that helped me start to understand that it doesn't always mean just because someone's not super into all my stuff 
doesn't mean anything further than that. It's just, that's all it means. And it took some time. It definitely took some work. I just want to be real about that because I, you know, I did care a lot more before, but um, yeah, it's a hard well, lesson to learn, but it's important. I think there's us, us Southern people, we are raised in a, you know, if we're raised like me, a very Christian background where we think that we value other people's opinions highly. And it takes a lot of work to figure out how to set boundaries, love yourself right. and still have a relationship with God and, and whatever your faith is. And, you know, that took me a long time to figure out. And, um, and that's work. You know, I, you, you can't grow your business if you don't grow yourself. Oh. And that's a huge part of my path. And I like to share that with people that may be too much for some, because I want people to know that to give them permission to grow themselves as well. You can't grow your business if you can't grow yourself. That's probably going to be in the quote for <laughs> this episode on Instagram. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. Um, <laughs> it's so, it's so, so true though. So, okay. So before I let you go, I have a few more things. I want to ask if you, to somebody listening that is like, yes, this is me. I'm a creative person, no matter what, what type, what job, what, whatever, um, what skill set. I want to do more on social media. I want to use it to my advantage. I want to start this business and, and show my awesomeness and my skills, right? So where do they start? Like how does somebody, you think they just dive in and start trying stuff or be more intentional about it whenever you're starting out? I, I'm of the ilk that build the plane as you're flying it. Just yes. <laughs> start messy. Be okay because it shows your humanness and learn as you go. I mean, that's how I did it. And the thing is that um, all the stuff that you're afraid is going to happen is all your fear. No one else is thinking that hard about it. No one else is thinking that hard about that post you made because two minutes later, they saw six more posts and they've moved on, right? So just get started and Number two, don't focus on get, get out of the drama, get into the data, stop focusing on the drama in your head of like, is there, oh, I have a hair loose or I look, I have two chins or whatever, like the drama that you get into. And it's like, no, make a commitment. How much are you going to show up? Commit to doing that for three to six months. Once you've got that, you've got data. You have, you cannot judge it if you like make, I would say, don't make social media an event, make it a habit. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Make it a habit. Cause every time you make a post and then you sit there and watch for likes and say, oh, it didn't do that great. Oh, like you're, that's not data. That's drama. Right. Oh my gosh. After, yeah. <laughs> right. After six months or three months even, and you posted every day consistently, then you can look at the data and go, okay, this post did great. This post didn't, how, you know, how do I serve my audience more? But until you're making stuff like stop, you, you stop getting out into the drama. I mean, that's that I see that so much. I'm sure right. you did too. Yeah. Yeah. That's such good advice too. And that's something I wish somebody would have been around to tell me a while, a while back actually, um, is to, you have to start creating and putting things out consistently and then look at it later. It's, there's a lot of patience involved in this and it's kind of difficult. I mean, especially if, I mean, like 
you're thinking about somebody that performs on a stage and you get this instant gratification of laughter or tears or, or applause, which is why I really love the stage. Cause I just, <laughs> I just love it, but it's true. And you don't, you don't necessarily always get that with social media. It takes time. And hopefully you get it later because you start connecting so good with your people, but it takes a while. It does. And I, I mean, and I would just say like, make a list make a list of ideas and just check off the list go through like and you, you may be like this one's not as good as that one whatever don't judge it just make it and do it and put it out into the world because you'll you're not going to get better at it until you just start doing it regularly it's just like performing it's like you're not going to be a great singer if you're not singing every day you're not going to be a great dancer if you don't take class right right i agree I love it. That's perfect advice. Um, and I'm going to ask you um, selfishly and for any of my other Broadway uh, fans out there, before you go, tell us like, you got to share some sort of scoop. Like what's a misconception or a myth or a something crazy funny that might surprise us or whatever about working on Broadway, which you kind of shared already earlier. I love that you shared that, that you were dressed in this. <laughs> which one were you? <laughs> I was the stingray. The stingray. <laughs> and you're having this, this moment of like, what the hell is happening? That That's awesome. Like, what else would you share for, for everybody else? Because I think the world, and you, you know this, I feel like the world, like Broadway is kind of a mystery to so much of the world. Unfortunately, so many people don't get to go. And I think it's interesting to everybody. Yeah, I think it is too. And I, I forget that because I've done it for so long. Yeah. yeah. But I... Um, I think it's been an interesting time. You know, I, I say like right now, if you've ever loved the theater, if you've ever loved attending the theater in the past, if you've ever had a theatrical experience that has moved you in any way, funny, sad, whatever, please support the arts right now. Yeah. Donate to the Actors Fund, research your local theater organizations, your local arts organizations, they need help they need support right now they're hurting and i truly believe that the arts are what make our country great um you know that that is what gives us again creativity is what makes us unique and if we don't have american arts and then we don't actually have the thing that makes us unique over time you know right. it's a time capsule of of who we are as a nation and as people. So that to me is that. So musical, you know, I love musical theater. It's my whole life. I love it, love it, love it. Um, <laughs> and I, I think that most people don't realize the labor intensive part of it. I think people see it as very glamorous, but it's physically and emotionally very taxing to do eight shows a week. And I think the most surprising thing to me as an adult was the maintenance required because you you know people you think well you just show up to work to do the show at half hour it's like no i actually had to vocally warm up an hour before that i had to go to physical therapy to get my calves worked on because i have plantar fasciitis from dancing on a rake stage my hips are out i'm getting acupuncture i have to you know go to therapy i get one day off a week you know because you're only you're working tuesday through sunday typically so that one day off is the only day I can get to the post office and get everything done. And then 
I have understudy rehearsals on Thursdays and Fridays. And so you're in the wow. theater and you're rehearsing with other people and you're putting new cast members in. And I don't think people realize just how labor intensive it is to do that one, two and a half hour show where people get to just be taken away from the world. And, um, and it requires a certain amount of, of hustle and, and maintenance. I've learned how to maintain a lot. <laughs> so um, I think that if anything, I would say next time you go to the theater or next time you see somebody perform one song even, just think about the hours and hours of practice and rehearsal and injuries that they had to recover from to do that one thing to help you feel what you felt during that moment. I love that so much. And I'm so glad that you brought up supporting the arts right now. So yes, I will um, repeat that. Please, please, please. Um, like you said, even like your local theater in town, whatever, I know that a lot of them mm -hmm. are trying to do, um, they're trying to do readings and they're trying to do whatever they can do to kind of just stay alive. So let's please support our artistic friends in, in this difficult time. Um, Brett, thank you so much for being here. This oh, was so- my pleasure. This was so fun. I really appreciate you. Please tell everybody before we go, um, how they can find you. So where they can find you on social media, uh, website, uh, all podcast, all the things. Yeah, come to brettschufer.com. Everything's there. You can follow me on all the social media platforms too, at Brett Shuford, Brett with one T. Kind of like Brit, but with an E. But Brett, and but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and also come check out Broadway Husbands. Okay. All right. Thanks, Brett. Thanks. Thanks for listening to today's show, y'all. For more information about the podcast, go to socialsunshinepodcast.com and follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to the Social Sunshine Podcast YouTube channel. For more information about me, go to brittanycrossin.com and connect with me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, YouTube, TikTok, and Clubhouse. The Social Sunshine Podcast is a Fun Love Media production. Funlovemedia.com. Bye. <laughs>